Welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie Podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch the great Muppet Caper two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. And I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And we are very excited to welcome a very cool first-time guest today. Tell the listeners who you are, cool first-time guest. I'm Marissa Lascala, and I'm one of the co-founders of SportsAlcohol.com. Cool. And uh, we're very happy to have you. And I, at least I'm a big fan of the website. I, I love anytime you guys have, they might be Giants related content or. Which is always. Yes. Top, top blockbusters of the 90s content. I love it. Well, Very right. Fun. And I, we might get to this later, but just for for those who may not know, sports alcohol is, is not primarily about sports, sports or alcohol. That's right. We were just sitting around thinking like, why don't we make money? Like what industry should we have gone into to make money? And it was sports and alcohol. <laughs> Perfect. So today we are looking at minutes 9 and 10 of The Great Muppet Caper, in which Kermit continues pleading his case to Mr. Tarkanian, and Kermit, Fozzie, and Gonzo travel in ninth class. So we pick up from last time with Kermit explaining to Mr. Tarkanian how he and Fozzie and Gonzo are going to catch the jewel thief. They want Mr. Tarkanian to pay their way to London. Uh, Mr. Tarkanian says, is that all? Fozzie says, we could use some new luggage for the trip. And then uh, Mr. Tarkanian says, luggage, bangs the desk, and something goes flying up. And I just realized, every time he bangs on the desk in his scenes, something flies up off the desk. And I love that. Um, As a journalist, I can say that that's totally accurate. (laughs) You see a lot of that? (laughs) Yes, things flying everywhere. Are you ever the one who's banging the desk? Uh, Thankfully, no. I don't think I have the strength to make things fly up that high. Right. Not yet. You're, you're you're young. You'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> Someday you'll be a, a, a regular Jack Wharton. Um, Can I say about Mr. Tarkanian? I love his forceful delivery of, oh, is that all I have to do? <laughs> yes. I'm just so annoyed. Like so many uh, Muppet movie cameo stars, he makes, uh, he makes the most of his limited screen time. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention about these these shots uh, early on here there's a window in the back of the newsroom it vaguely reminds me of the window from the nursery on muppet babies oh does, does that look familiar um have you guys been watching the new muppet babies yeah i i so yeah i have a four-year-old as listeners might remember she's appeared on the show and she is all about that show i think it makes a lot of sense that it's like pretty clear now that it's a like an at-home daycare situation Right. Whereas on the old show, it just kind of seemed like they lived there. Well, yeah, we never like they really lived there, knew. and we're like unsupervised. And where were their parents? And and they're still pretty unsupervised. Like <laughs> Jenny Slate shows up at the beginning, and then she's like, "Well, I better go make cookies or whatever." That's and true, but at least she like offers the excuse. I feel like old Danny just was never there. Right. Yeah, that's true. She's like, I'm going to go make some cookies and comes back like at the end of 15 minutes. Right. She's, she's doing something. Yeah. Well, she can't be around all the time. She'd spoil everyone's fun. Yeah. And also she, her like sock game is on point. Yeah. We always get excited to see my, like, so my daughter loves wearing leggings. So she gets super excited to see what Nanny's leggings are going to be. <laughs> Even ones that before. Like it'll be an episode she's seen 10 times. She'll just be like, she's wearing airplane socks. <laughs> Aww. Uh, what kind of socks do you think Mr. Tarkanian is wearing? Uh, <laughs> he's wearing dark brown socks with with like uh, waist straps. Just oh, that's that's kind of old fashioned, huh? Yeah, he's old. Yeah, or like a little print of like little printing presses. 
Ooh, I like that. <laughs> He's actually wearing nanny style socks, but yeah, <laughs> I hope so. So anyway, I, I, that's just, and I'm I'm sure there's no deliberate connection there, and especially because Muppet Babies is a few years off at this point, but just one of those things that caught my eye. Um, there's another moment here too where uh, he he briefly mistakes Kermit for Fozzie. And then he he realizes his mistake because of the hat, and they're they're really committing to this gag. That is actually my favorite gag, probably in any of the Muppet movies. I know it was in like the previous two minutes, but the face that they make when they say that they look like twins is like my favorite thing ever. Yeah, it's so good. Well, I love like I keep like this movie should that gag should run out of gas over the course of this, movie. <laughs> and it never does because they keep finding new ways to do it. And yeah. Gordon's chuckle, like when he remembers the hat, when he's just like, "Oh yeah, great." great. Yeah, and also just no, go ahead. oh, just the, I mean, we probably mentioned this uh, last week or the week before, but just the idea that they're supposed to be identical twins, but the only way that you can tell that they're identical twins is when they're both wearing hats. Right. That's not how any of that works. <laughs> right. Exactly. But it's fantastic and hilarious. Well, and and speaking of our main characters, you skipped. After Mr. Turkanian says, is that all I have to do? Gonzo takes a flash picture of him for no reason. He does, yes. <laughs> just, just to further aggravate him. And I love how terrible Gonzo is at his job. <laughs> right. Like, um, usually, because he's like a pretty good performance artist. Most of the time, Gonzo is very comp. He's presumably a good plumber, right? He's the prince of plumbers in the Muppet movie. Right. But here, he is terrible. He doesn't know where to, what to take pictures of. He doesn't know when is an appropriate time to take flash photography. Like we're, we're, I feel like we're not used to seeing Gonzo be incompetent, but for whatever reason, it works here. That's true. He is out of his element. It's not. I mean, we have a lot of him like enjoying pain and wanting to experience more pain in this movie. But yeah, it is probably the furthest removed from his standard character that he had been up to this point. Right. Hmm. That's interesting. And yeah. So, do you think uh, would this be a I don't know how it works with, with newspaper journalists. Would this camera be one that was provided to him by the Daily Chronicle, or would this be his own camera? Like, is he wasting his own film and flashbulbs, or is he wasting theirs? Mm, I would say he's probably wasting theirs. I'll go with that. If any, uh, if there are any old-school uh, newspaper journalists out there who know the answer, let me know. Um, so the, Jack Warden continues to be great in this scene um, after he... He runs into his private office because he has a deadline and uh, he has refused to, to pay for their trip. Um, when Gonzo does his stop the presses thing, uh, which actually I'll, 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 there's another thing about that that I will get to in a moment. But when Jack Warden comes out and says, what happened? And Gonzo says, I just always wanted to say that. Jack Warden's reaction is so <laughs> perfect. He goes through so much in just like one or two seconds. He's like, eh, <laughs> <laughs> like he's he's angry he he wants to punch gonzo but he doesn't have time he looks at his watch he runs back into the office um so yeah yeah when gonzo says stop the presses all of the employees in the newsroom come to a screeching halt including frank oz and it's such a weird looking frank oz like <laughs> his hair is so light he doesn't have glasses on he, he's not bald yet, but he also doesn't have long hair like he did in the 70s. It just, it's like, I know it's Frank Oz because I 
like the eyes are unmistakable. I you guess, can but tell, yeah. Frank Oz in this compared to his cameos and some other things. And that part also reminded me of uh, Ron Howard's The Paper. Have you guys seen that? Yes, but not for many years. There's like an almost identical moment where he says, "Stop the presses." I always wanted to say that. Really? Oh, who says oh. it in the in the paper? Michael Keaton. Huh. So it's like another like person that you're like, "Yes, stop the presses." Ah, <laughs> wow. So- Wait, that movie is a comedy? Uh, is it a comedy? It's got know. something for everybody. <laughs> I saw it on TV as a kid, and literally all I remember is that Glenn Close gets shot, and then on the TV edit, she says, "Give me that man's portable phone." And, and what was it supposed to be? Well, I oh, I think it's like, "Give me that man's effing phone." Probably. Oh, portable oh. phone. I get it. <laughs> I, I was trying to to work out like what word starts with P that they would have replaced. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> right, right. But so, like when I was a kid, it seemed super serious because it was like, yeah, like, it, it you know gets shot and yells. It oh. is, but it's like kind of Ron Howardy in that way, and that it's like there are silly moments, there are serious moments, there are serious moments that you laugh at. Hmm. Sure, yeah, right. <laughs> So Stop the Presses is like an old newspaper cliche, but the fact that Michael Keaton says, I just always wanted to say that almost makes me think that was a reference to this or that somebody had this in mind. You know, I I really don't think that it is, though. I just think that everyone deep down inside wants to say Stop the Presses. (laughs) Just the universal. I always Yeah, it's like a universal desire. Well, it, it seems right that it's Michael Keaton anyway, because Michael Keaton is sort of the gonzo of... I don't know. Acting. American cinema. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so I guess that's that's all I have for the newsroom scene before we we move on to uh, Kermit's solution to how they're going to travel to England. Uh, do you guys have anything else about Jack Warden or the newsroom? I'll start with you, Marissa. Well, I would say like he does kind of call to mind like a J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of the the typical gruff yeah. newspaper man. Right, so they can kind of do a mental comparison to J.K. Simmons. Right, which I, I, I don't think we talked about this last week. J, J.K. Simmons has never worked with the Muppets, and that seems impossible to me. Oh, yeah. Never Especially because he's the voice of an M&M. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like he would have made a cameo in Muppets Most Wanted or something. Yeah, yeah. He would have been in the Stanley Tucci role or something. <laughs> right. That's perfect. But Where were you never. in 2014? Yeah, J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Uh, so, Anthony, did you have anything else about uh, the newsroom? No, except that I will miss it. Yes, well, we were there for just uh, a brief time, but now it's time to move on. And we're moving on to a plane flying uh, from wherever we are in America to London, England. Uh, Kermit Fozzie and Gonzo are riding in the cargo hold. And, yeah, the uh, plane's going to Italy. That's true. That's true. Right. I, I misspoke there. As we find out in a moment, the plane is actually landing in Italy. Uh, Which but, I, was th- I was thinking about that. Does a plane from, like, where in the U.S. would it have to be taking off to pass through London on its way to Italy? Because you'd have to be going in kind of a, a southeasterly direction. Um, That's a good question. So, I mean. I guess, I guess it could be New York. It could be New York. Yeah. I mean, I, I maybe a flight out of JFK. Yeah. That's my best it's, guess. Yeah, because I, I, I just can't imagine that all flights to Italy pass conveniently over a pond in London. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. But what is that like? Does Europe have the equivalent of flyover states? And you, Yeah, but do you think England is one of them? <laughs> well, I would never 
tell the English people that. If they do, it's like Belgium, <laughs> Luxembourg. Right, right. Oh, yeah, one of those tiny countries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so I, I like this scene, and it's a good example of how many jokes this movie packs into every minute of screen time. Because it feels like there are a lot of jokes here. Well, and I, I look at the beginning when we first see them in the cargo hold. The screen, like, there's no lights on for 14 seconds. Huh. It's just 14 seconds of a dark shot of a cargo hold with some animals scratching. Yeah. But Gon- or Fozzie and Kermit are doing the joke about Fozzie not knowing he's the one with fur. <laughs> right. So it's like, they know that that is good enough, that they don't need to have anything on the screen. Yeah, that's true. And then Fozzie has to turn on his light to see that he's the one with the fur, because otherwise <laughs> he wouldn't be able to tell. I love that. He can't. He cannot, like, feel his arm to see if there's fur on it. Yeah. He has to turn the light on and look. <sighs> yeah. Um, so apparently they paid $12 for these tickets and they're in ninth class, which uh, does not get them a meal. But apparently there is a movie because Gonzo's watching the movie. Right. Which, um, that joke, which now you can watch a movie on your iPad anywhere. That's true. So Gonzo could watch a movie inside of a crate right now, as long as the plane has Wi-Fi. Yeah. And we can't really tell what he's watching. We don't see it, but it just sounds like a stereotypical old Western. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like a Western shootout or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, another thing I wanted to mention. So we see. Uh, well, can I can I say one thing about the twelve dollar ticket? Oh yeah. So I looked on the Bureau of Labor Statistics inflation calculator, and twelve dollars in nineteen eighty one is thirty four dollars and eighty seven cents now. So that's pretty good for a flight to England. Yeah, I was going to say that that is still in fact incredibly cheap. For, for, they might have even like more leg room than we have now. Yeah, right. <laughs> they get their own little personal box. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there is more space to stretch out, especially if you're the size of Kermit or Gonzo. Yeah, Fozzie's probably a little cramped. He's bigger, yeah. Yeah, although he and Kermit are, I guess, technically can- canonically the same size in this movie. <laughs> I guess so. They are identical. And then I also like how on Gonzo's crate it says whatever as his animal. Yeah. Like... You know, airline restrictions have gotten more stringent since then. <laughs> You'd have to be more specific. You have to at least know what, yeah, what animal you are. Yeah, which I remember, speaking of Muppet Babies, as a kid, I remember watching this movie and wondering why it didn't say weirdo on it. Yeah, yeah, me too, even as an adult. <laughs> well, I think that doesn't exist until, until Muppet Babies. Until Muppet Babies. Yeah. You know, but I still on- think of him as being a weirdo. Right, sure. But I mean, like, on the Muppet Show, he's just gone you know, there's never like, mm-hmm. here's here's our resident weirdo. I mean, kind of, but like, it's not, it's not, it doesn't seem to be his species like it does on Muppet Babies. Mm-hmm. Right. He's an artist. He's a performer. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit when we were talking about the Muppet movie, but um, yeah, there is this ongoing question of what is Gonzo that we, we just kind of get little hints along the way. So this is. Uh, for those keeping track, I guess this is a piece of evidence in favor of Gonzo being a whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it could be that he's still a weirdo. It's just whoever was in charge of labeling the crate didn't really put that much thought into it and just put whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes sense, like given everything else we see about the plane, like <laughs> they're in ninth class. <laughs> right. I don't think ninth class gives you the the. I don't think they have you fill out a questionnaire about your background. <laughs> I, I have no idea. And I wonder, yeah, what, what airline are they on? I wonder if anyone like on Muppet Wiki has thought to uh, try to figure that out from the the, the, shot of the, the plane. plane. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of hard to see it, though. Yeah. But yeah, the other thing I wanted to say about the cargo hold, you can see um, 
and and here actually there is a bird cage with birds in it. Mm-hmm. Um, in the July twenty second, nineteen eighty draft of the screenplay, it mentions that there should be uh, cats and dogs and lots and lots of ocelots, <laughs> which is probably just a little joke on the writer's part, but. Um, it would have been fun to see <laughs> a cage full lots, of ocelots. Lots and lots of ocelots, yeah. And especially yeah. if it's set on the side of the creek. Yeah, actually, that would have been good. That would have been a decent gag. Uh, I feel like they probably didn't do anything like that because it would have distracted from from our main characters. But yeah, I think a crate labeled lots and lots of ocelots would have been a good gag. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I think the next thing of note that happens here is when this uh, airline flight attendant person comes in and says all out for England. Now well, I, okay. I, I, I have one thing before that. Yeah. When they're in the crates, Kermit says it must be 50 below. In here. And until I was taking notes on these minutes, I think my mind always registered that as 50 degrees, which is like a very cold temperature. Yeah. But he doesn't say that. He says 50 below, which well, is, an impossibly cold temperature. No, he must be exaggerating. He's I don't exaggerating, think it's... right. I mean, like, <laughs> no, no, I'm saying like that makes it funnier. Like, yeah, like the joke, the the line is funnier than I always thought it was when I wasn't paying as much attention. Oh, nice. Good for Kermit. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think Kermit had a thermometer. In his <laughs> well, you never know. They they flooded. So well, apparently they do have luggage somewhere somehow in their those crates because we see them with it later. So maybe oh. he had a, a thermometer in his suitcase. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so, um, Marissa, when we were talking about um, doing this recording, you mentioned that you were trying to figure out who this actor is who's playing the airline employee. Did you ever figure that out? I was unsuccessful. I like combed through uh, all the credits. I tried to like do internet research. Were you able to track down anything? Actually, yes. Um, so on IMDb, there's a, a, a you know anyone can can edit IMDb. So a lot of the things that are on it are wrong. So somebody added a credit that says uh, something like airline co-hostess played by Terry yeah, Jones. Yeah, okay, I saw that. Mm. Yeah, Terry, this is not Terry Jones. We would be able to tell if it was Terry Jones, and I don't know why he would not be credited. Well, and, or like and, why he would be credited as hostess. Right, exactly. Right. And like Terry Jones is, is not only British, he has a very distinctive voice. Like, yes, he, he cannot pronounce the letter R. Like, he, he has, like, the soft WRs all the time. That's true, too, yes. Like if, if, if you were hearing Terry Jones and you've seen Monty Python, you'd know it, like, immediately. Right. I mean, even if he was doing a funny character voice. Right, right. So, yeah, IMDb is wrong. But, uh, oh, and, and then when I was uh, a budding Muppet nerd and film nerd, I used to think that this was Elliot Gould. Because he's in, he has a cameo in the Muppet movie. He has a cameo in Muppets Take Manhattan. But this is not Elliot Gould. And he has curly hair. Right. Yes. It's it's just every white curly haired male actor is who it is. Yes. But no, I, I called upon our Muppet fan friends, and um, our friend Shane uh, told me that this is Jay Tarsus, one of the co writers of the movie. Oh. It seemed like that was like a Muppet mystery. I'm glad that it was solved. Yeah, and I guess apparently he did do some other on-camera work, but he's not so recognizable that you see him and right away you go, oh, that's Jay Tarsus. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's in an episode of the Bob Newhart show, I know. Oh, okay. Um, which he was the head writer for. Right. For Who did he play them. in that? He, it's the episode where Emily gets invited to join Mensa. And okay. 
he's a waiter at the Mensa event who's smarter than Bob. <laughs> that sounds like so fun. a waiter, a steward. I'm getting like a uniform vibe. Yeah, right. That's true. That's, he, that's, it, yeah, the, the kinds of roles that you would cast the writer in. So that's who it is. Um, Jane Tarsus comes in. Uh, the Muppets are very excited because they're going to land in England. But nope, the plane lands in Italy. They're landing in England. And uh, this is when he opens <laughs> this this cargo door, which seems very dangerous when the plane is flying and he's just standing there not holding on to anything. <laughs> I don't know. Like, if, if this were an action movie, the, the air would immediately suck everything out. Yeah. Right. But instead, it's a silly movie. <laughs> right. So he, he lifts up Fozzie's crate and tosses it out. And this is where Fozzie makes a noise that I feel like we've heard him make elsewhere, either before or after this. Fozzie goes, Wahahahoho, Wahaha. <laughs> <laughs> Something to that effect. That was really good. That was, Thank that you. Was, can can you think of where else we've heard Fozzie say that? Um, is it in Mother's Sake Manhattan when Beth tries to snuggle him? No, I think that's no. just sort of like a timid... It's like, like, yeah, it's like lower key. Yeah. He's just, yeah, kind of like, Kermit. Yeah. I yeah, just, I yeah, it's very familiar, but I can't put my, my finger on it. You've also just seen this a lot of times. So That's true. I'm, I'm just used to hearing Fozzie make that noise. Yes. Um, you know, though, the characters making noises. I love Gonzo when he gets picked up, when his crate gets picked up, he just kind of nonchalantly says, what's happening? <laughs> not worried. He's just wondering. And then he goes, whoopee! As he flies. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's thrilled. Yeah, but I, I just love that low-key, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, he's not panicking. And that, yeah, that's this This is very much Gonzo's character in this movie, is he's just really uh, all about anything thrilling and dangerous and hazardous to his health mm -hmm. and flash photography <laughs> yes exactly so uh yeah it's interesting we see him uh toss fozzy and gonzo out we don't actually see him toss kermit out but then uh we very briefly at the end of this clip we cut to a tranquil pond in a park in london and we just catch a glimpse from behind of a man reading a newspaper but the British gentleman. Out. Yes, the British gentleman. We won't actually find out who this is until next week. But uh, do either of you have anything else about the plane? Or maybe, uh, Marissa, since you, you won't be joining us next week, do you have anything about the pond or the British gentleman? Well, it's just that, you know, kind of floating through the air is like a theme throughout the movie. It's like done very, like, in a lovely way at the end. But this is like the not lovely way. Right. So I like how it, it kind of like sets that up with like a, a little joke that's like threaded for the whole movie. And uh, also just that they, you could see them doing air travel in like happy ways and also just like getting tossed out of the plane. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because they started in a in a hot air balloon. That and then... had, yeah, like that's also very lovely. And then this is just like meh. <laughs> right. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. And there's going to be. Yeah, parachuting and also uh, high diving at a later point in the movie. Yeah, true. It's so a, Muppets. He's like, and part of me thinks it's like you know you're you're performing with puppets. You're kind of expected to like always be on the ground or someplace where you can hide the puppets here. But this is just like, no, we're gonna go out of the plane, out of the parachute, out of the balloon. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah that's course, funny. They, and of course, they're also going to have something like fourteen Muppets on bicycles in in wide shots later. 
too. True. It, it's kind of all, this movie is all about how Muppets move. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Anthony, did you have anything else about the plane? I do not. All right. So I guess before we go, uh, Marissa, we like to ask our guests, um, what is your history with this movie? Do you remember the first time you saw The Great Muppet Caper and how would you rank it alongside the other movies? Well, I was thinking about that and I, I guess you get this answer a lot, but I don't remember the first time I saw this just because I feel like they've always been there. Sure. Like, I'm That's a, how it I, is for me. Yeah. And also I'm a younger sibling. Um, so, like, my memory of growing up is that my sister always, like, was in control of what we were watching and that we were, like, doing things when they were like, kind of right for her. So, I feel like, you know, we watched the Muppet movie probably when I was, or all the Muppet movies, probably when I was, like, way too young to even be watching TV. So, oh. they'd always been, like, kind of in the back of my mind. But you came to appreciate them, though, even though it wasn't your choice originally to watch. Yeah, no, it's just, like, I can't remember the first time I watched them, but we definitely watched them over and over. I think I had them, like, taped off television. Yeah. Sure, Yeah. Yeah, I had. Uh, I, this was the only one I didn't have taped off TV of the of the first three. My grandma taped Muppet Movie and Manhattan off the Disney Channel, and it was. Yeah, I think that when I was a kid, we like had like um, kind of a, a jailbroken cable box that so we had HBO. Yeah. Oh, nice! Like a D scrambler. Yeah, yeah. That's the one I remember hearing about. That's exciting. I didn't, and I, I just had to bum Disney Channel off my grandma. Yeah, that's something though. Yeah, sure. So, uh, do you, is this your favorite, one of your favorites? I would have to say that the Muppet movie is my favorite. That's a good answer. But, you know, it's up there. Capering is always good. Yes. <laughs> and this this is a great caper. So It is. It is quite a great caper. Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, any final thoughts from either of you? I do not. All right. Uh, in that case, we can wrap up for today. Uh, listeners, please remember to check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and all those other various places. You can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe, and Anthony is on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist. Marissa, where can people find you on the internet or elsewhere? You can find me on Twitter at the very not podcast friendly at Mar, M-A-R underscore two T-O underscore go, G-O. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll be sure to link that in the uh, when we post this. Thank you. Sure. Uh, so everyone, thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, everyone else, if you're so inclined, give us a positive review on iTunes and tell all your friends about the show. And join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Wahaha! Wahoho!